This is an RNZ podcast. Last weekend on Media Watch, we looked at how the magazine business was taking an exciting new shape as some of the magazines which vanished during the COVID crisis six months ago return and brand new ones appear on the shop shelves from new publishers, some of them run by editors and journalists who lost their jobs during the COVID crisis. One of them was Cedo Kitchen, a former editor of Women's Day and the New Zealand Woman's Weekly, who's now in charge of the new fortnightly magazine Woman, which is just one of four new titles on the market now from a new company, School Road Publishing. And if you missed our chat with her about all that, it's on the Media Watch page of the RNZ website, or you can catch an extended version of it on our podcast feed, wherever you get your podcasts. And while we were talking, Cedo Kitchen praised another new magazine called Shepherdess, dedicated to connecting and inspiring women across rural New Zealand by offering a place to share their stories. Shepherdess is an absolute delight. She definitely has um, seen a gap in the market, and I think that will definitely grow. Shepherd S is a quarterly publication recently commended in the category Best COVID Response in the 2020 New Zealand Magazine Awards. It's edited by Christy McGregor, who runs things from her family's farm in Horofenua, a long way from the beating heart of the publishing industry and the advertising and media buying businesses that are their lifeblood. But while she's a relative novice when it comes to publishing high-end magazines, she isn't when it comes to telling the stories of rural women. I guess it's and it's from my own experience of moving from you know Australia to here and you know now being on a you know intergenerational family farm and um, sort of uh, talking to women here in in those situations in rural areas understanding kind of the what life was like for them um, that I saw that there wasn't really anything in the magazine world that was really targeted at that demographic and. Uh, telling life as it is and sharing stories of real stories of rural life and relatable women. And, you know, there's some other projects that we're working on at the moment too that are other vehicles like through events or we're working on a storytelling project that sort of feed in too. So the magazine is one one part of that, of, of achieving that purpose, I guess. There must be a special challenge with this magazine. I mean, not only are you kind of separated from you know, the commercial heart of the of the publishing industry in like Auckland or Wellington in a big centre. You're you're doing it from a rural place yourself and this is a, a kind of a, a unique challenge in terms of distribution. You want to get to women in places all over the country. We sort of started out with growing our subscriber base um, and, yeah, it's been exciting how quickly that has, has grown, which is um, right across the country that have got behind some very remote places. But, yeah, and then I guess we um, farmlands came on board and stocked us in um, 57 farmland stores right from, from the first edition. More recently with the spring edition, um, we've been able to um, go into uh, Paper Plus and Whit Coles um, nationally and, you know, New World and Pack and Save North Island. And, yeah, we've got a team that's spread right across the country um, of freelancers, writers and photographers um, and sort of our core team we're all all dispersed and um in either on farm or in um small small towns um you know across both islands so um yeah it's certainly you know it's not the experience of going into a big office and um you know colliding ideas every day sort of thing but um, making the most of it through you know zoom or um you know team spaces online or um yeah and and we're also um you know, I think all, well, you know, I've got a two-year-old under foot and in a few weeks' time, another one 
um, due. So juggling those kind of family and life things as well. Well, you mentioned there, Christy, that you have uh, contributors all over the country. And in each edition at the contents page, you have a map. Uh, with pins put in it there showing where all the stories come from. For example, in this winter edition, uh, you've got a story of a, um, a rural uh, kura in Kaitaia, um, Pukatoro Station, which is what up in uh, East Cape, about life and lockdown there. Kaimanawa Rangers, a Manuka honey business. Apiti, which are, I guess, what, northern Manawatu. Then there's Blenheim, uh, Motueka, South Canterbury. Further south we get in that edition, Orthamata Station, which is, I guess, yeah, that's further, uh, further what's, what is that, North Otago, South Canterbury kind of boundary area. So is that part of the plan here that you want to make sure that this genuinely covers the whole of the country's geography? Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, you know, I want women to be able to, or, or men too, I, um, here we have more and more male readers, which is great, but to be able to pick up the magazine and to be able to relate to someone or somewhere in the magazine, um, you know, it's so important that we have stories coming from all parts of New Zealand. And um, I guess that's reflected with just uh, actually uh, this week closed um, sort of a call out for freelance writers and, um, you know, trying to, tap into some of those spots where, um, you know, we haven't had the network up to this point. But, um, yeah, we do really want to to make sure it's a whole of New Zealand magazine and even in terms of, like, pricing of subscriptions and things. So, you know, the subscription's $59.80 and that's for delivery anywhere in New Zealand. And, you know, I mean, a lot of people when you're in a rural delivery you go to buy something and you get slapped a, you know, extra charge for rural delivery. But it, the ethos is that um, this is accessible to just as or more accessible to women in those remote spots than it is in, um, you know, Auckland or Wellington. Yeah, and I guess in the same way that, um, you know, we want that geographic diversity um, in the stories that we collate or curate, but also the, um, you know, cultural diversity as well. So ensuring that Maori and Pacifica, for example, um, stories are reflected in the magazine is really, really important to us. And, and yeah, it's, it's, it's clear what you say there. So even the subheading uh, under the masthead, it's uh, Nga Te Wahine Te Whenua from the Women for the Land. You know, that, uh, that story about um, Pania Te Paiho Marsh um, from Wahine Toa Hunting. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, a story like that, um, you know, I sort of talk about it in the editor's letter there, but, you know, when the first thought of, you know, a story on a hunter, it's, um, you know, hunting is not something that I'm really... To be honest, I still don't quite understand um, about New Zealand culture, being an Australian. Um, but uh, but then when you peel back, um, like with Panya's story, there's so many layers to it and um, she is such an incredible woman and I think it's, you know, that's what that's comes through in that story, I think, is that, you know, what, what she's doing around um, empowerment and, um, yeah, you know, giving women skill, skills and resources to... Um, you know, be self-sufficient and those sorts of things. So, um, yeah, absolutely, that's, yeah, that's an example of that. Yeah, so a genuinely authentic uh, story and, yes, definitely um, definitely gives each edition, I think, a, a really multicultural edge. Uh, but when you launch, I mean, the magazine was recently recognised in the 2020 Magazine Awards in that category of um, Best COVID Response. And I mean, timing-wise, it must have given you a real headache, I'm thinking, because uh, you you would have been getting that first. In fact, I think the actual launch had to be uh, postponed or held under different conditions because you couldn't actually have a live event that you hoped for. I mean, in a sense, this is 
you know, the worst thing if you're trying to launch a new commercial published product. But in a way, seeing as it is such a nimble thing, you're doing it from the farm and it's being done by a network of people, you know, clearly using digital networks around the country, you know, who are not in the big centres, maybe um, yours was actually a kind of COVID-proof production. <laughs> yeah, well, it was quite, um, you know, they arrived at the cow shed on a Thursday. Um, so we, they can't come up our driveway. They get delivered to, to the cow shed just over the paddock and um, the big truck and things. And then um, my partner gets them off with the tractor and um, and then we unload them into the house and have a house sunroom full of, um, of magazine boxes, uh, which is the... <laughs> know um ever growing pile no um then they go out so that's good but um but yeah so I guess that happened all on the Thursday and then um pretty much by the following week we were sort of you know knew that we were heading into to lockdown so it was right right at that time and obviously you know all those commitments and the magazine had all been pressed go um before because before COVID hit. So um, we didn't know it was coming, I guess, like that. So, yeah, it was a bit of a challenge. I mean, all the places that you anticipate um, getting something like this out there, um, you know, I thought, you know, cafes and, um, you know, hairdressing salons and, you know, all those sort of like public events, so sort of public spaces um, obviously were then off the table. Um, And so I was thinking, okay, you know, people are at home now, how do we connect with people at home? And I guess it did force us, like you say, to be nimble. We um, we had to rejig or we had to cancel our, our launch. Um, and, you know, when we were going to do that physical launch, it was going to be at a little um, converted butcher shop in Rongatea, which is a small little village in the Manawatu. And, um, you know, I thought we might have sort of my mother-in-law and father-in-law and maybe a few friends come along. So sort of didn't have, you know, great sort of hopes for great numbers and then we ended up doing an um, online launch and we had over 300 women join the online launch from all over the country so um, yeah it did force us to think outside the box a bit and you know maybe actually not 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 in not in a bad way um, and then yeah I guess it was sort of how do we get this magazine in front of women and so we did some things um which were really sort of popular we um through our instagram page we did a rural road reach and so we we offered sort of 10 roads around the country the opportunity to sort of nominate themselves for um getting a bundle of magazines sent that they could share with the neighbors you know um to kind of lift spirits during during that covid period so yeah uh, you know it, it did force us to um to change the way that we sort of had thought but i guess perhaps because I didn't have the experience in the magazine industry. Um, yeah, it's sort of probably, you know, it's just been a constant adaption, I guess, as we've as we've gone, yeah. Well, please don't take this the wrong way, but seeing as you've said, you know, you weren't an experienced magazine publisher, and when I received it, I was surprised at how fancy it was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And I, I mean, to be honest, I expected something that might be a bit less uh, professional. But I mean, this is something of the quality that I mean, people who subscribe to New Zealand Geographic magazines like that, they would not turn their nose up at the quality of, of the production at all. Yeah, absolutely. That's been um, really key right throughout. And I guess it's a ethos that like the team and I share, you know, share on that. So, um, you know, the pursuit of a, yeah, high standard and, and obviously, you know, there's a, there's a cost to that in terms of, you know, an investment, you know, in say paper stock, um, you can go for a cheap paper stock and get a 
crap outcome or you can you know invest in a you know nice paper stock and and have the product where you want to pick it up or want to leave it on your um you know coffee table um yeah so I guess and the same in you know obviously the imagery as you can see um when you flip through the magazine like that's so so key is that that beautiful imagery and likewise with our words you know we spend a lot of time um you know making sure that the um you know the stories are on point and and they're articulated in in you know in the right way or the way that um you know we you know we want them to to read so yeah it's it's something um you know I guess I'm a bit fussy um sometimes maybe the team get frustrated but um there's no point doing it unless you're going to do it well is sort of yeah how I approach it well, you mentioned earlier that uh, you had a experience in Australia before you came to New Zealand telling the stories of rural women there. And indeed, that was a multimedia uh, enterprise. Um, it's online videos, women telling their stories. Um, women of, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Yaraka? Yaraka, yep. Yaraka, Yaraka. beg your pardon, Yaraka. Um, so this, you've <laughs> now adapted this. So this is the next stage, isn't it, for you? You have uh, a bit of support to uh, launch um, a kind of multimedia uh, project that will be, I guess, associated with the magazine. But uh, this is rural women telling their own stories in their own voices. Yeah, absolutely. It's actually a really exciting um, sort of um, step. So after doing the project in Queensland, Outback Queensland, seven years ago, um, I sort of have a bit of a model that we could adapt. So we're, we're doing a um, project with starting with the Horafanua Um at the moment um, called Our Voices, and we're gathering the stories um, and portraits Twenty women in the Horafanua. Um, we just actually had our third workshop this week, and it was just such a beautiful evening. We had our youngest participant, who was eight weeks old, um, come along. Um, so you know, new mums through to business owners, through to um, you know, lettuce growers. Um, yeah, it's really capturing a diverse range of stories, and not the not the women that are on the front page of the paper, or you know, um, sort of in those sort of leadership roles as. Uh, you know, traditional leadership roles. Um, so, yeah, I guess the, the the plan for us, we're actually going to be exhibiting that at Titakari, the local um, library in March, and an excerpt of those stories will go into our autumn edition. Um, but I guess for, for us, this Horofanua project is a bit of a, you know, test run and um, we've already got interest from other districts wanting to do it. So we'll look at expanding to other places, um, and you know, building, um, yeah, building. I guess the a collection of of women's stories. And I guess for me that that's a really exciting part because um, you know the magazine is a, a place to show or curate these stories and share these stories with a wider audience. But also really key is the way that we engage women in and rural communities in in sharing these stories and and in telling those those people stories um, is what I'm really interested in. And we've currently seen uh, the spring, autumn and winter editions. Uh, so it's a quarterly publication, Shepard S. Those are all out, working hard, and I think the deadline coming up for uh, the summer edition. Uh, but as you mentioned earlier, uh, a deadline of your own around about the same time. <laughs> yeah, just so happens that on uh, date that the magazine lands on shelves, which is Thursday the 3rd of December, so um, is the same day that that my second baby is due. So I'm just hoping that the baby stays in long enough to get the magazine off to the printer. 
um, <laughs> if it doesn't, then we'll just have to have to make do. But um, yeah, it's uh, all go. I'm sure subscribers would be understanding if there was had to be any delay to that. Best of luck with it, and I hope um, everybody meets their deadlines on time. <laughs> Thanks, Colin. That was Christy McGregor, the editor and publisher of the quarterly magazine for rural women, Shepherdess. And you can find out more about that and where to get it on its website, shepherdess.co.nz, where there are also details of the flock-ins, or online meetings that connect readers with the subjects of the stories in the magazine. And there are also details there of Christie's Our Voices storytelling project, which we talked about there briefly, which will see 20 women in Horofenua sharing their stories through portraiture, the written word and audio.